Greetings, my friend. We are all interested in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here. I fell in love again. All things go, all things go. Drove to Chicago. All things know, all things know. I think it's. I think you're being nice, Michael. I think it was shocking. Well, hello again, and welcome to episode 205 of There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show. This is a Chicago Fire preview podcast. We're going to bring you a little bit of chat that myself and the guys had on Sunday's radio show. Speak to Chicago Fire beat writer Shane Murray, and hear from Whitecaps head coach Carl Robinson ahead of the game. The AFTN Soccer Show is presented in partnership with bcsoccerweb.com, your one-stop site for news, links, reports, photographs and a lot more for the football scene in BC, Canada and worldwide. Check them out on bcsoccerweb.com. So let's turn our attention to Chicago Fire. The Caps head east to face Chicago for the only time this season. An in-form Chicago Fire side, sitting second in the MLS standings in the Eastern Conference. One point behind leaders TFC thus making them second in the race for the Supporters' Shield as well. So if things keep going the way that they are going, Chicago Fire is the team that we will be rooting for to try and win this year's Supporters' Shield. Good luck to them. Just not this weekend against the Whitecaps. So the Caps head into Chicago to face a side unbeaten at home, on a nine-game unbeaten run altogether. Ten wins on the season from the 17 games, only three losses of those coming on the road. 31 goals for, nearly averaging 2 goals a game, and 17 goals against, averaging 1 a game. They're sitting on 34 points, 13 more than the Whitecaps, although the Caps do have 2 games in hand in that, but I mean, even so, you look at the Caps' record of 6 wins, 6 defeats and 3 draws, and it really doesn't hold up against what the Fire have been doing. But the Caps have been looking a lot better on the road, Undefeated in three of their last four road games. Disappointing draw at the weekend against Minnesota United. Throwing away the the two-goal lead. We talked about that in episode 204, so check out that podcast if you haven't already. But the Caps head into Chicago, depleted as usual, but even more so now because they're going to be missing their four Canadian guys. Only three of them are on the MLS roster, so they, they are going to be missing Marcel de Jong who I personally thought if the Caps were allowed to keep him for this one extra game, we'd possibly have got a start at left-back to give Jordan Harvey a rest. Alfonso Davies, Russell Tybert away with the Canadian national team as well. De Jong and Tybert have already left and joined up with the Canadian national team. Not 100% sure though that Davies has, just from an Instagram post that he put out that seemed to show him still in Vancouver on Wednesday. Have the Caps had special dispensation to keep him here? Robo was definitely trying to push for that, but unfortunately it just wasn't to be. 
So I got a chance to speak to Robot Training on Tuesday just to ask him about the fire game, what he's looking for, a little bit of chat about the Minnesota game as well, and a lot more as well. So let's just hear what Robo had to say. Yeah, you're facing a very informed team, but they're missing a couple of key guys, David Ackham's thankfully missing after scoring his hat-trick at the weekend and McCarty as well. Does it make the team that much weaker or do they just have a lot of talent there? Even without yeah, them? listen, they've got great talent there. He's done a great job. Uh, their organisation attracting top, you know, world-class player and, and bringing in key players as well. You know, you talk about Dax and Janino. Dax is missing, I think Janino will step in. So it won't make him too much, too weaker. Obviously, David scored a hat-trick on the weekend, so that might be a loss for him. But they've got other good players. You know, we're not getting fooled by that. So... Uh, we'll be prepared, we'll be organised, we'll um, we'll put out a game plan to the guys based upon the fit players we have and we'll go and try and win the game. And as this league shows week in, week out, uh, every game is difficult. You can't take any game for granted if you don't perform at your level. So we just got to make sure we're at our levels. Now they've got a game midweek as well in the US Open Cup. Are you going to be watching that closely just to see how many first-teamers they, they give a run-out to in that? Yeah, I will be. I'll be watching it because they play Allen's team in Cincinnati. So, uh, yeah, I will be watching it. I watch most games that Allen is involved in as well. So I think they will mix this squad up, but it won't affect what we do on the weekend. Rosda, you're facing a big name in Bastian Schweinsteiger. Is it important to get the message across to the younger guys in particular not to be overawed by, by facing a guy like that? Yeah, I think it is. Uh, you know, you, you have to respect the, the top players in the league and, and Bastian is certainly one of them. But, you know, people who haven't seen him before, you know, our younger players, he's a top player because he does the simple things. You know, he's, he's a very smart player and, you know, his quality we know is second to none. But they do the, the, the right things every time. So it'll be a great challenge for someone who, who will have a role of being around him. Um, but I, I want them to respect him, but not be afraid. Just go and show how good we are because we've got some exciting players in those areas as well. I mean, when you're facing a guy like that, looking back at the game of the weekend, the possession stats, especially in the first half, not great. Two yep. goals, though, yeah. from lack of possession. But can you afford to give up that amount of possession to teams with that kind of quality? No, every game is different. Every game will go into a different uh, a game plan based upon the personnel we have in that lot. And we went with two forwards, and, and we might do that again on Saturday. But we were we were quite happy for them to have the ball, and we could hit them, catch them on the break. And, and it worked a treat in the first half. And then, obviously, a mistake in the second half early on cost us, and then we defended and we conceded another goal. So we have to learn from that. Um, ideally, it's not great. You know, there's not many away teams that dominate possession in this league, so they probably will have more possession than us, but it's important we concentrate and don't give stupid fouls or, or give silly goals away, which we did on the weekend, and, and then take our chances when they come at the other end because, um, you know, we could have been three up in the first half. Jordan Harvey had a great chance as well, and, and we weren't, and it, it really is fine lines in this game. The marking, especially for the first goal I, I, that you gave up against Minnesota, yeah. it's not the first time this year that there's been a free man at the back post. Is that something you, you need the team to work better on? I think it's. I think you're being nice, Michael. I think it was shocking, uh, and I let the guys know, and we'll do our review today based upon because if if you get let runners come into the box and they're free, and the ball usually goes to that free man, unfortunately, if you don't track people you're likely to give goals up. And we've done it once or twice. You know, we've been very good defensively, but we've also given key goals away at wrong times and it certainly was a wrong time on Saturday. So, yeah, we'll get we'll get back to work. We need to improve it. Uh, but it's not just one thing. You know, can we stop the cross at source? Can we stop the, the ball out to the crossing player? Uh, and those are other areas we need to improve on. Shuttleworth's tackle for the <laughs> first goal on Saturday. 
the new law is if you play the ball, yep. it's not sending off. But he didn't seem to play the ball. Brad no. Evans then gets sent off in the game on Sunday. Do you think he should have stayed on the pitch? <laughs> I was thinking exactly the same, Michael, and I asked the fourth official. Um, and the reasoning I got, oh, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, again, listen, I, I want players to stay on the pitch. I think Brad Evans, uh, by the letter of the law, Maybe he was sent off according and he made the right decision. I'm not sure. I think Brad tried to kick the ball away. And I don't want to talk about other players, other teams. He tried to kick the ball and he didn't. And his second training leg caught Darlington. So there's arguments for both sides. Goalkeeper the same. He didn't, he didn't try and play the ball. He played the man. So if you're going to send one, send the other. If you're not, don't send anyone off. Let's play 11 v 11. So Carl Robinson there talking about the Caps in Chicago, Caps against Minnesota, a few other things as well. So myself, Steve Pander and Zachary Meisenheimer had a, a little chat about the Chicago game on Sunday's AFTN soccer show on CITR radio. We didn't put that in the podcast in episode 204. We're going to try something a little bit different moving forward. Keep mostly our preview stuff for a podcast later in the week where we can focus solely on the game that is coming up speak to some people from the, the opposition market, and a lot more beside. So let's just hear what myself and the guys had to say on Sunday's show. It's time to talk about Chicago Fire. I was wanting to get David Ackham. Mm. I thought that would be an interesting one, just because we ran the interview with Meyer Bevan. And Meyer Bevan had come through the Nike Academy, and right. David Ackham was another guy that came through the Nike Academy. And he's he's had a really good year this year. What yeah. a weekend he had. If if Meyer Bevan can be for the Whitecaps, what Ackham is for Chicago, I'll take that every day of the week. And he was on fire this weekend. Hmm. Hit a hat-trick for, for the fire as they destroyed their opposition. They were playing Orlando. Orlando, right. It was 4-0 overall. Yeah Will, John- yeah, Will Johnson, yeah. And, I mean, unbeaten now in nine, they're really on a roll. I guess the question to throw out about this is, do the Whitecaps treat this as a throwaway game? Now, they're never going to admit that they treat any game as a throwaway game, but you're playing Eastern Conference opposition, away from home, an informed team, you're coming up to an important time of the season, you're going to lose players to, to the Gold Cup with Canada... You may want to rest some guys for this one before your your squad is decimated. Do they just go with a different lineup for this one? Play some of the fringe guys, rest some of the regulars, and what will be will be. Kesarasara, Kesarasara. I, I I can't see them not. I think there's going to be some changes. The thing is, though, and we've talked about it a lot, or you know, today in the season. There are so many injuries and so many, so like our options are like limited. Yeah, they, they are quite limited as to how you can mix it up. But you could have a lot of the fringe guys or a lot of the bench guys starting, and then a lot of the the other guys on the bench to come on. Now you, we just we'll just tell them it's the Voyager's Cup, and then no. Well, you can also catch. You can also look at this as a game that you could catch Chicago off guard because they're busy in the midweek too. So you got to expect Chicago's wanting wanting to do this, but in the past they've kind of let these U.S. Open games go by too. Yeah, there's a big, big uh, German contingent in, in the Cincinnati support, and I'm probably, they're probably looking forward to beating Basti. 
Yeah, and I mean Schweinsteiger, he's been fantastic since he came to MLS. He's been the difference. I mean, yeah, quality. We talked about Atiba Hutchinson and like bringing an old guy in. You're bringing Schweinsteiger in, uh, an older guy, and he's lighting up the league. But it's important to, to note that it's not just him in their midfield, right? Like they oh, br- totally, they, br- totally. they brought in Dax McCarty. They brought in. Uh, and for me, Dax has been like one of the key for them. He's got a little bit of an uh, unsung hero, like an Andrew Jacobson for us. I don't yeah. think he gets the credit that he really deserves. They're no, brought- but but the thing is, is with uh, but you, you know you say they have other pieces, but those pieces really didn't get going until Bastion got there. Um, Dax McCarty and and by himself wasn't going to be able to do it. So when Bastion came in, that was two guys that can really con- help control the midfield. No, but who's the other guy they brought in? Uh, the the old former LA, oh, Juninho. Yeah. They brought in Juninho and Dax, and then later brought in Schweinsteiger. And, yes, and he settled everything down yeah, and, and uh, made it a complete midfield. Because he's pure class and pure quality. Yeah. But they still took like major steps to move forward from what they were last year, be, even before he came in. He has solidified it, made it even better. But, um, you, you, Steve, we talk about our midfield and how one or two changes will be huge. Well, they made three drastic changes to the center of their midfield. Yeah, and if if Reina comes back, that's one. Atiba comes in, that's two. And then you just pick the through the third one that is going to be the mainstay. And you could pick Laba, you could pick Jacobson, whoever you want. And I think that would make a big difference. And it's made a big difference for Chicago. But it's just not their back. Uh, their front too. They got other places. Midfield too. They got other. Oh, yeah. oh Nikol- Nikolic. Nikolic yeah, is the other he's, big. Yeah. He's, he's a big addition. Nikolic is leading the way with fourteen goals. Three of them game-winning goals. Yeah. Only two of those being penalties as well. So I mean, twelve goals from but, from open. Like, stop! Stop talking about penalties like they're not goals. <laughs> like they're essentially the second best team in the MLS right now. Yeah. Well, they're, they're just behind Toronto in the East. Yeah. And. Uh, just by a, point. Yeah, did you, did it's going to th- be a good battle there. Did you throw open your mouth a little when you said that? They're just behind. <laughs> they haven't lost either at home yet. They've drawn once, but they've they haven't lost at all. So they're eight one and zero. And they are banging the goals in. I mean, we, we talked. Nikolic has got fourteen. David Ackham, that his hat trick at the weekend, has taken him up to ten. You've you've got other guys. Solanyak at, at four, who's another dangerous guy. They're Schweinsteiger's got two. Well, they're second in the league. Yeah, they're only behind Atlanta, and Atlanta, like I said, uh, that the oh. two games that they, that they got helped by. But other than that, uh, but they would, yeah, they're the, the, the assists are coming from everywhere as well because like Akim leads the way with that with six, but, so fast. And Schweinsteiger's got five, but it's all the, all the little things that he does, and also having a player like Schweinsteiger on the pitch, it automatically bothers the other team like they have to give more attention to how he's playing maybe double mark him and then it, it gives more space to other guys which we've talked about before when we've played some teams so this is obviously a recipe for three away points for us right no yeah. they, we're well, going to talk about this and it's going to be a, a shot no, one nil one no not only are that but they're the have the fourth best uh defense in mls which is which is a massive improvement yeah and so and and that's got to do again so again we were talked you talked about the, the how they overhaul the midfield yeah, and they got rid of and, they got rid of sean john right yeah and 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 they basically that's fixed that seems to have fixed them so uh the midfield is a very important vital yeah. part of oh, the totally. team. <laughs> they, yeah, they they got a whole new midfield they got a dp quality polish striker yeah. they got a new keeper yeah yeah it, it's an it's an overhaul for Chicago, like last year, they were such a disappointment. Not even disappointment. They were so abysmal last year. I, I felt Not really bad because, like, yeah. Ponovich, when, when Chicago were here last year, Ponovich came across as such a great coach. That's a nice guy to yeah. talk to. He was brilliant in the post-game thing afterwards. I'm really pleased from his point of view that, that he's turned things around because 
it's one of the things with MLS, you do get time to turn things around. Other leagues, and especially over in the UK, you have a season like he had, you'd be out the door. MLS does give you that little bit of time. He does seem like he could be a really a quality manager. Yeah, big, big, big fan of his so far. So turning to the Whitecaps then, we know we're talking about Schweinsteiger, we're talking about Nikolic, all the the threats that, that this team is bringing. First thing to ask you then is what formation do we see next week? Do we go back to the four one four one? I would say maybe go four two three one because you want to be a little bit more defensive minded, or you or maybe the defense comes from pressuring by doing the four one four one. So I'm not I'm not sure. I, I it's kind of I definitely don't like the four four two, especially with the midfield we have. I think you need that third person in there to help out. Yeah, I, I think it will be a four-two-three-one or or four-one-four-one. I think you're right, Steve. That would be kind of three. I can't see them not having three in the middle, especially especially if they're going against Chicago, who's almost certain to have three kind of in the middle. I, I would expect a four-one-four-one as well, just to try and shut that down a little bit. Personnel-wise, we talked about the White Cats possibly taking this as an opportunity to rest people in the back line. I do think. Unless Christian Dean is deemed good to go, which is risky if we haven't even seen him in a WFC2 game, I think he still will be out for a couple more weeks. So you're going to have AJ and Tim Parker marshalling the centre of the defence. I mean, Lab has already missed the game through suspension this year, so he's had a little bit of a rest. I, I'd put him in as the one. I, I don't think I would rest him yet for this one. No, no. Lab will be there. So then you're, you're four across the middle then. And, and actually, let's talk the one up top as well, because that might change things. I just have a hunch Montero will get rested for this one. I think I think, and I, think we, I think we yeah. might actually see Abini start up top. I, I wouldn't be opposed to that. Um, now, I wouldn't put Abini for a full 90. I would definitely see how he's doing at the half and maybe make a sub at the half um, just in case he's not fully fit to go. So so who's going to be the lone striker then? Abini. Abini. Oh, you're, you're, sorry, you want to play him for one half. Look, I'm just saying see how he is at oh, the half if he doesn't, if he's not, because I don't know how, how, many, how much time he can play, because right now he hasn't played that many. I definitely don't back. want to see Shea up front as a lone striker. Yeah, no. that, that would not be ideal. I would like to see Shea on the left side, though, uh, across from yeah, Tichera, because he, he, he'll do the work. Time and off and stuff as well. He'll do the work and play the defensive, uh, put the defensive effort in, and Chani, because you don't really don't have any other so choices. Di- yeah. I I would actually raise Tichera. I I don't know. I, I like to share only because, uh, again, you can make a quick substitution. You don't have to do it right at 60 minutes or 70 minutes. You can And, and I'll put to share because I don't know how effective he is off the bench. With the game coming up then uh, four days later at home to New York City, all their star names, if they come, you never know, is one eye more on this home game thinking, looking at the two fixtures, we're going to be maybe more likely to get something from the home game. Or do you not even look ahead at this point? Yeah, like you said earlier, they're never publicly going to say that. But yeah. you got you got to imagine that with the form Chicago's in, playing them at home, with New York midweek back here, that that they're going to be saying, okay, we need to try and win at home, and let's uh, let's try some things maybe different on the road, and not have huge expectations for that match. Well, Rob always says that he's he's always got lineups set for like weeks in advance or whatever, like where he wants to put people. And so I think, you know, you always, whatever percentage you want to put on, maybe he puts 80% into this game and maybe looking for 20% to the next game or 10% next game and 10% next game. So I think he's always got something 
brewing in, in the next few games because you have to you have to look forward to the because you can't you don't two days is not enough to look forward to New York. Yeah, the Robos had to switch from using that, that book. He now uses just a whiteboard for those. Yeah, lines. it has to be a whiteboard, <laughs> a portable one. Dax McCarthy is not going to play against Cincinnati or Vancouver because of his U.S. call up. USA, USA. <laughs> Way to go! Thank you, Bruce Arena. Yeah, no, that's that's good to hear. But, the, but the, Junior, Junior didn't start at the weekend and came no. on as a sub, so he'll just slot in for Dax. So it's yeah. not a it's not a huge it's not a total like for like, but it's, yeah. yeah, it's not a yeah. huge drop off there. So, what's your predictions then going into this one? Optimistic, pessimistic? I'll go two 0 Chicago. So pessimistic from Steve? It's not pessimistic, realistic. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> Oh man, you're torn. But, your heart saying one thing, your head saying no, something else. No, I, I, I think this is going to be like a three nil, three one kind of game, and not for us, unfortunately. And I rarely will say that. I'm going to go for four or five nil. Oh wow! To the Whitecaps, no. Yeah, right. <laughs> to the Chicago Fire, I, I see a hammering ahead. No, but you know what? This could be a game where the team actually. We always say they play to the level of the opposition. Yeah, that's true. And they might just yeah. surprise you and actually pull out a win. You never and know. When I when I predict a massive defeat, they usually win as well. Yeah, so they there do. we go. That's two things going in the favor for that. So get get your money on a Whitecaps win. Although if you then lose your money, we are not being held responsible for that. <laughs> that's Michael's lack of the week. <laughs> So Steve Pander and Zachary Meisenheimer there chatting with myself on Sunday's AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio. Check us out every Sunday live at 11pm, citr.ca online if you're out with the local area, 101.9 FM if you're in the local area. The only soccer show on Vancouver FM Radio. So we were a little bit pessimistic with our thoughts on what the result was going to be there as you heard. And a couple of big absences for Chicago Fire. David Ackham's away with Ghana. Dax McCarty is away with the US. Two big, big losses for the Fire. Excellent for the Whitecaps. Can they capitalise on that? Well, I'm not so sure. The Fire also had a really tough midweek US Open Cup game on Wednesday night. FC Cincinnati taking them all the way through extra time and penalties. Alan Koch's men coming away with a fantastic penalty shootout win. Mitch Hildebrand, phenomenal in the Cincinnati goal, saving three of the four fire penalties. Who needs Bravo when you've got Mitch Hildebrand? The fire played a, a pretty strong lineup for that one. Bastian Schweinsteiger went the whole 120, Nikolic as well put in a strong shift. And how tiring, how sapping that game was, we'll have to wait and see. Will it enforce some changes for this coming game at the weekend? Is this a game maybe Chicago will look at that it's mid-table Western Conference opposition that is coming in? I mean, we talked there about is this a throwaway game for the Whitecaps playing Eastern Conference opposition and an informed team at that? Maybe Chicago's going to look at this as can they risk resting some of the guys that put in a tough shift on Wednesday, play some of their fringe guys and and see if they can get the job done against a mid-table side like the Whitecaps, who aren't firing on all cylinders and are missing a number of key personnel. So I put those questions and a lot more to MLSsoccer.com's Chicago Fire beat reporter Shane Murray. Just talking about all things fire, the change and turnaround they've had this season, and looking ahead to Saturday's game. Here's what Shane had to say.
So we're joined now by Shane Murray, who is a contributor at MLSsoccer.com for the Chicago Fire. Thanks so much for doing this, Shane. No problem, Michael. Happy to be here. So, an exciting time for Chicago Fire. A massive turnaround in, in their fortunes from what we saw last season and, and recent seasons. What, what's what been the, the main reasons behind such a drastic turnaround? Uh, I think first and foremost, uh, money. Um, the owner, Andrew Hauptman, uh, together with the uh, second-year general manager now, Nelson Rodriguez, they've uh, finally opened the purse strings and been able to bring in some quality players. And obviously, you can see the turnaround for yourself. You know, bottom of the table for the last two, three seasons. And obviously, now we're fighting for uh, fighting for the supporters' shield with Toronto. Um, so, yeah, things are looking good. I think it's mainly down to... The personnel that have been brought in, uh, I think Rodriguez knows the league inside out and all its uh, monetary uh, wheelings and dealings, and he uh, amassed a whole load of tam and gam over the last uh, year and a bit. Yeah, um, and he obviously has spent it wisely this year. Looking at some of the guys that came in, then Nikolic in particular, uh, he's come in, he's lit the league up, he's got fourteen goals. He's been such an amazing addition, and. A lot of DPs that come in from Europe, and we've had some here ourselves in Vancouver, they've struggled to find their feet. Even it takes them ages, to, and some of them never find their feet. He just seems to have like hit the ground running. What does he mean to the team this year? Uh, well, I, I think his goals his goals mean everything. You, you take his goals out of the equation, uh, the Fire are a completely different team. Um, they'd be well down the table. I think uh, he's, he's gone about his business very, very quietly. Um, you know, you don't notice him too much in games. Obviously, he's full of running, uh, full of, you know, running in the channels, trying to make spaces and moves and stuff. Uh, but, you know, in terms of actual skill, taking players on, being a sort of showboaty, classy kind of player, he's not that. But he certainly knows where the goals are. Um, and obviously, his record speaks for itself. And to be honest, uh, with a little bit more luck and a little bit better finishing on his part, he, he could be at 20 already. He has missed... So many, you know, even last night in yeah. Cincinnati, uh, the keeper had a great game and denied him on two or three occasions. Um, so I think there's more to come from him, which is a good thing. Uh, I think he's a confidence player and he's, he's definitely flying there. Um, and I think as the team gels a little bit more and you get people, you know, you get a, a settled team and you don't have the likes of Dax and David Ocam missing on international duty and things like that, uh, you know, that it can only get better. Yeah, he, he seems a fantastic addition. It's like something that we've missed in Vancouver for years. We just haven't had a a guy that, that can take these chances. Hopefully, Freeman Terra will do that, but he has kind of struggled to find his feet here. And of course, your other big addition, Bastian Schweinsteiger, big star name. Obviously, when on the pitch, it takes a lot of attention to him. I guess some teams all focus in on him because of what he can bring. But what has he meant to, to the fire, not just on the pitch, but kind of off it and helping market this team and, and get more interest in the team? Yeah, I think he's uh, he's been phenomenal, uh, both on and off the pitch. Obviously, his credentials are second to none. He comes in, you know, with a track record, I think, better than anybody else uh, who has come into MLS in terms of trophies won. Um, and, and that has transformed or transferred onto the pitch, uh, his influence around the players. You've seen uh, a lot of them step up their game. But I think uh, overall, just the general mood 
around the camp, around the city, amongst the fan base, uh, amongst a lot of the media, which, to be honest, over the last few years, uh, you know, have largely ignored a struggling fire. Now that they're doing well and they have a star name like Schweinsteiger, uh, they're paying a little bit more attention. And I think the club as well is embracing uh, his high profile. Uh, I think he's got something like four million Twitter followers. Yeah. That in itself, he tweets something and it gets, you know, thousands of likes. Um, and I, I think their sort of media footprint uh, has has skyrocketed since his arrival. Um, and he's only done good things and brought good attention to the club. Now, last year when Chicago came to Vancouver, I, I was quite impressed by Pornovich. He seems... He struck me at the time as being a, a really good coach. He spoke well. You could tell he was very engaged with his team. The results didn't go his way, and you kind of maybe worried that, that he might be on his way out the door. But you seem to be seeing now that he's a great coach in the making and that he could really be one of the, the best coaches in MLS soccer, given time to kind of do something. Yeah, I think uh, you're right. He sort of flattered to deceive last season. It was hard to know, was he good? Was it going to work out? But I don't think you lead a small country with limited resources like Serbia to an under-20 World Cup yeah. unless you are capable of organizing a group of players and getting the best out of them. I think, uh, obviously, the quality of players available to him last season were probably not that great in comparison to what he has available to him this year. So I think with better players, he's been able to... Uh, be more adventurous, uh, put a little bit more trust in his team. Uh, I think he's developed a, a brand of football that you know is obviously possession-based and um, you know tiring teams out and hitting them uh, on the counter when they do try to attack uh, because of the pace that we have in players like David Akam. Um, and then you know I, I think he's a very a very studious coach. He's passionate. He uh, definitely instills a very together dressing room, the, the the rapport amongst the players and the camaraderie is, you know, as good as I've seen it in four or five years here. And uh, you know, you know, I think I think he has all the players' trust. And uh, again, I, I I think if he continues to do well, he is the kind of manager who will attract attention certainly throughout the league, but obviously given his background with yeah. a playing career in several countries in Europe and his ability to speak I think it's six languages, you know, he'll be a He'd be a very sought after and highly employable uh, coach, especially if he can add some trophies, you know. Oh yeah, and I mean the way the fire is doing, it, it, it's, he's one of those coaches that you kind of, you kind of want to do well. There's some that we get here, and you're like, oh, so grumpy. But I mean, he was just so good with the media and very honest and refreshing, and you kind of want guys like that to do well. He's definitely a very uh, down to earth, likable character, um, and I, I think that. That's infectious. You know, you can see when, yeah. when the team loses, he takes it personally. But when they win, he doesn't uh, get too excited about it either. Constantly looking at the next game and, you know, he's constantly re- reiterating the fact that this team is still not as good as it can be and is, is certainly not the finished product. Now, David Akam and Dax McCarty, they're, they're missing for this game at the weekend against Vancouver. They've both played a, a big part in the team's success this year. We, we saw how dangerous Akam can be last week. How big a loss are they for this weekend, or is the squad depth strong enough now that it doesn't really matter if you're missing a couple of pieces? You've got guys that will come in and fill that void. I think uh, I think they're both a huge loss for different reasons. Uh, you saw last night against Cincinnati, um, 
you know, second tier team in terms of U.S. soccer, uh, and largely outplayed for long stretches. I think the Fire had over seventy percent possession, but struggled to break them down. I think someone like uh, Dax gives you an added weapon in terms of trying to break a defense down with his forward playing ball, his ability to to find a gap to, to prize a defense open with a defense splitting ball. Um, and his pace and his eye for goal, uh, he's always a threat. So, you know, when you take one of them out of the team, the team is worse off. You take both of them out, it's definitely going to struggle. And against a good team like Vancouver, it will be interesting to see how how they fare. Other players have stepped up, obviously. Uh, Louis Solignac has uh, had a good run of, I think, three or four games or over. He has found the back of the net uh, with some spectacular goals as well. Uh, and obviously, Nikolic is always good for a goal, so it, it shouldn't be shouldn't cripple them, but it, it definitely uh, you know puts them in a much worse position. And I think most people, obviously, all the attention was to Schweinsteiger and his arrival, but I think in terms of impact on the field, day in, day out, and and each game day, uh, Dax McCarthy has been huge this season. And you know, I think for most fans, he will be their Player of the Year thus far. Yeah, we were quite pleased to see that the, the pair of them were missing. And then also pleasing to, to people out here in Vancouver, gruelling 120 minutes in, in Cincinnati on Wednesday night. Number of starters playing the, the full 120. And do you see that game as impacting this weekend or tiring the team? Or is this a chance for the Fire to possibly rest some of the guys? Because it's non-conference opposition coming in. It's a team that's up and down, and is this maybe a chance that, that they're going to just look at this as a, not a throwaway game, but one where they can maybe give some of their fringe guys a chance? Yeah, I think there's uh, two schools of thought maybe on that. Um, firstly, I don't think they have the strength and depth, uh, either in defence or attack, to really rest some of the key players. Um, one or two of them were rested last night, and obviously that didn't turn out too well. Um but I th- as you say, you know, it's not against a conference foe, so, so there is a possibility that that Ponovic could opt to to rest one or two players. But at, at the same time, I think uh, the summer rest break uh, follows after yeah. that. So, you know, I, I think most players are chomping at the bit to to play. Uh, I can't see many of them wanting to sit out, especially a winning side. I think they're eight or nine games. Uh, without defeat in the league. Um, and obviously they're intent on keeping pace with pace setters Toronto. So I think everybody will want to play. Whether Panovich decides it's better to bring in some of the fringe players, we'll see. But, uh, you know, I don't think some of those fringe players are like your Arturo Alvarez, your Michael Harrington, Drew Connor. You know, I don't think they're quite at the same caliber as the rest of the Fire's first choice starting 11. And just the last thing then, Shane, what's your thoughts going into this game? What are you kind of expecting from the match? And what, what's your thoughts on what you've seen of Vancouver this year? Yeah, I think Vancouver have looked good. And I think you're sitting, what, pretty close to the top with two games in hand. And if you win those, yeah. uh, you'll be, you'll be slap-bang into second place in the, in the West. It's not going to be an easy game. I think uh, a little bit similar to uh, Atlanta United, who... Uh, Obviously, beat us four uh, nil down there. You know they had some smaller, trickier players. You know, skill, skillful players, and obviously in players like Montero and uh, Tichera, 
you know, you guys have a lot of skill and a lot of quality uh, in the attacking uh, third. So, um, you know, our bigger defenders, Jamera and Kapelhoff, they kind of struggled with, with the nippier player in the past. So it'll be interesting to see how they fare on, on Saturday. But uh, I think our home record has been superb. Uh, I don't expect that to change too much. I, I can see it being a tight, tighter game than some of the ones. Obviously, blowouts against Seattle and more recently against Orlando, 4-0 and I think 4-0 on both occasions maybe. Maybe 4-1 yeah. in one of them. Um, I, I don't see that, but I, I think I can see probably Vancouver resting a couple of players more than the fire and perhaps the fire narrowly squeezing through. That's my bold prediction. That's great. Thanks so much for your time, Shane. Just before we go, uh, where can people find you online? MLSsoccer.com would be where most of my written stuff is, but uh, you can follow me on Twitter, uh, at Media. I like stadiums, and I like getting out to see uh, a lot of the fantastic stadiums here in the US, so I populate that with photos of awesome stadiums every now and again, and my odd words of wisdom. So, yeah, check me out there if they want. I fell in love again All things go, all things go Drove to Chicago All things know, all things know So thanks a lot to Shane Murray for taking the time to chat with us for this episode of the AFTN Soccer Show. Definitely give him a follow on Twitter. Check out all those stadium photos. Great guy, great to talk to him and it must be nice for the Chicago media to actually have Something positive to write about the team after a couple of dreadful seasons for the fire. What Saturday's game will hold in store, we'll have to wait and see. As we heard from Robo at the start of the show and a few red reports coming out this week, it looks like Jordi Reyna is going to make his MLS debut for the Whitecaps, expected to maybe get 15-20 minutes in a cameo appearance, help him find his feet, get his legs, see how he's used to the environment and the team. Looking forward to that one. He was such an exciting talent in the pre-season. Raised all our hopes here in Vancouver as to what he can bring to this team. Hopefully bringing a kind of Pedro Morales season one performance in the middle of the park. Don't want to put too much pressure on him, but he's the guy that really needs to step up and help push this team forward, especially with Christian Bolanius out for a few more weeks at least. Freddie Montero's needing some help up there. He is just so isolated. Is Jordi Reina the man to unlock this Whitecaps team? Looking forward to finding out. So just before we wrap up this episode of the show, it's time for our Wavelength feature. This episode we're going back to the early 90s, to an English band from Slough called Thousand Yard Stare. This is a song from the 1991 EP Season Stream, which you can also find on their 1992 compilation of three of their early EPs called Fair to Middling. Check that out, great band. They've recently reformed a couple of years ago and are still touring. And this is a song comparing a a football match to a relationship. Lots of football references in it. And I just thought it was very appropriate, considering Chicago Fire and FC Cincinnati drew 0-0 on Wednesday night in a game that went to extra time and penalties. So this is Thousand Yard Stare, with no score after extra time.
So English band Thousand Yard Stare there with their 1991 song, No Score After Extra Time. Well hopefully there will be some scores in the game on Saturday in Chicago. And hopefully they are of a positive nature for the Whitecaps. That game goes at 4 o'clock. If you fancy some live football, get up to Langley on Canada Day. McLeod Stadium plays host to WFC 2 against Seattle Sounders 2. Cascadian Derby on Canada Day. What more could you ask for? Get along and cheer the guys on. 
If you can't make it to the game, check out the stream on the Whitecaps website and on YouTube. I'll be doing colour commentary for this one along with Brendan Batchelor. Looking forward to that, my first Whitecaps game that I'll be calling. And we'll be back on Sunday with the next episode of the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 11 o'clock on citr.ca online and 101.9 FM on the radio if you live locally. The podcast for that will also be out on Monday. We have chat with Marcel de Jong ahead of going to play for Canada in the Gold Cup. We'll have our full post-game coverage of the Chicago Whitecaps game and a couple of other fun little interview segments that we're going to throw in as well. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the AFTN Soccer Show. I'm Michael McCall. You can follow me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Read our stuff away from the numbers, AFTN.ca. Give us a follow on our new Instagram account as well, at AFTN Soccer. And as I said, we'll be back on Sunday with our next show. So until then, as always, thanks for listening. Take care, and mon the caps. One day, I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine.